welcome to the Church of the Redeemers weekly podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. You have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. We're going to hang out here for the next few weeks. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter, I'm sorry, John, forgive me. John chapter 17. I'm saying it 17 times when I'm saying the wrong thing. John chapter 17. John chapter 17. That's where we're going to be. John chapter 17. And we're going to read verses 1 through 5 today. You've been so good. You've been so good. You've been so good to me. John chapter 17, verses 1 through 5, it says in the New King James Version, Jesus spoke these words. At Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may be may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him and this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent I have glorified you on earth I have finished the work you have given me to do and now O father glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. There's a topic for this morning's sermon. The topic is we pray for ourselves. We pray for ourselves. We've been walking through four topics in our culture making, a series on culture making. We've been walking through four topics and we've come to the place where we're at topic number three, the first topic that we um, community. It's good to see y'all this morning. It's good to see y'all. It's good to be able to look around in the room and actually be looking at people. Amen. <laughs> it's good to be able to worship with you this morning. It is. It really is. We've been walking through a series called Culture Making. And the four things that we do as a church in our culture is we fast. We started out with fasting. These are the, the three non-negotiables of our faith as communicated by Jesus through the Sermon on the Mount. We fast and we give. We just finished a series on giving, four weeks of giving. and We give through our tithe and we give through our offering. Today we're going to talk about um, or begin the topic of we pray. And that's the, the third non-negotiable of our faith. And then lastly, we're going to finish up with we praise. As a church, we fast, we give, we pray. And we praise. And every week we've been talking through a culture-making moment, something that defines our culture as a church. And today our culture-making moment is simply that we, as a body, are a kingdom church. Miles Monroe, in his book, Rediscovering the Kingdom, communicates about what it means to be a kingdom person, what it means to be a part of this thing called the body of Christ and not just a member of your church, but a part of the kingdom of God. He communicated, and from his perspective, about what it looked like 
to be a part of the kingdom of God in a way that allowed for us not just to be citizens of our country or members of our church, but actually kingdom citizens that are ambassadors of heaven living here on earth. He communicated about what it means to be the concept from a kingdom perspective of being a king, concept from a kingdom perspective of being a lord, concept of territory and owning territory, the concept of a kingdom constitution, concept of laws, cultures, and also finally of citizenship. When discussing citizenship, he explains that the process of salvation is in essence a naturalization process for the believer. It's a process that we go from where we go from being citizens of sin and darkness to being citizens of love and light. I'll say it again. It's a process. When we get saved, we don't just come to the cross and accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior for a free ticket to heaven. No, no, no. We accept Jesus Christ as our Savior because we are transitioning from a life of sin and darkness to a life as a citizen of heaven, of love and light. We are the ambassador of what's happening in heaven right here on earth. We go from serving our own selves and our own selfish desires to serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And who is that? Jesus, the Christ. But citizenship, saints, is not membership. Citizenship is not membership. When you become a kingdom citizen, you don't get a card. You become an ambassador of heaven. And religious functions, we get confused because religious institutions, we like to call for membership, not knowing that nations and kingdoms function on citizens. It's this explanation that Dr. Monroe says that is the role of the local church in the kingdom of God. And the role of the local church in the kingdom of God, and this messed me up, the role of the local church in the kingdom of God is not a country club mentality. The role of the local church in the kingdom of God is actually we are the embassy of heaven. We're the place that the kingdom citizens go to get safe. We're the place that the kingdom citizens go to allow for them to understand how to operate in the world for the benefit of all the rest of the world. Whether they have become citizens of heaven or not, they understand the benefits of becoming a citizen of the kingdom of God. So, if we are operating outside of our assignment as an embassy. We are operating in the flesh, not in the spirit. We're an embassy. Somebody say embassy. An embassy. We're a place of safety where the souls that are running around in the world can run and hide from this sin-sick world. We're a place of training. Shh. We're a place of training. We're a place of training. We're a place of where people can come and understand the ways and the laws and the language of heaven, the customs of the kingdom, and they can be equipped with the kingdom resources. We heard it today. They can be equipped with the kingdom resources that they need for effective life in the kingdom colony that God created right here on earth. Redeemer has been a place 
where many kingdom citizens have come. Hallelujah. And many kingdom citizens have gone. It's been a place of training and resourcing of the kingdom citizens, young and old. Many have learned the language and culture of heaven here. I said many have learned the language and culture of heaven right here. They've learned the letter and spirit of God's law and how to apply both appropriately. And that will continue no matter who's here and no matter who's... Y'all going to make me work, isn't it? <laughs> ah! This is a place that God has ordained for the citizens of the kingdom to be trained by mature believers. We are a place and we are a people that are called by God to do the work of the kingdom of God right here at 24th and Dickinson. I've heard it said many times since I've been here. We've seen them come. And we've seen them go. And every time somebody goes, they go to the place of their assignment. And we come to the place of our maturation. Saints, I will offer. Dr. Furby has fought a good fight here. Dr. Furby has served very, very well, just like every person on that wall back there. They've served very, very well, and they've left the deposit that was required by heaven for this place here on earth. And now it's time for us to move past that and to send people off with a blessing. I dare somebody to talk nasty. I dare somebody to talk sideways after the service that was rendered here at this church and in this community. I dare, I dare, I dare. I dare somebody. I dare somebody. I All right, we going to go. We going to go. This brings us to our topic for today. I understand and I realize that black people, our hearts can be hurt. But you don't talk about somebody sideways just because you're feeling some kind of way about a decision. Say amen, somebody. Say amen, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, I covenant with you to keep your name good. Look at somebody else and say, I covenant with you to keep your name good. And this brings us to our topic. That's a great place to give God praise. This brings us to our topic for today. In our series on, I feel like I could be done right there. In our series on culture making, we are covering four topics that, can, that are constants for us as a body of believers. Those topics are fasting, giving, prayer, and praise. And the model prayer that Jesus prayed, sometimes we find in, in um, the Sermon on the Mount, we find that these three
three topics, the first three, fasting and giving and prayer. They are the three things in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus communicated as non-negotiables of our faith. Everything else, when Jesus communicated about the ser- on the Sermon on the Mount, he said if and or when. But he said if, but then when he talked about fasting and giving and prayer, he didn't make those a negotiable, a decision for the believer. He actually said when you fast, when you give, and when you pray. These are things that the Lord communicated as non-negotiables for us so that we would understand that fasting is a requirement of a disciplined life for the believer. Say amen, somebody. Giving is a requirement for a disciplined life for the believer. Say amen, somebody. And prayer is a requirement of a disciplined life for the believer. Say amen, somebody. If you call yourself a lover of the Lord Jesus and you ain't never turned your plate down, there's something wrong. You call yourself a lover of the Lord Jesus, a follower of Jesus Christ, and you've never given to kingdom work, there's something wrong. If you call yourself a lover of Jesus Christ and you don't pray ever, there's something wrong with your relationship with God. But we, we, we get confused about how, when, when, and where Jesus prays. In Matthew chapter 6, we often call that the Lord's Prayer. Y'all ever heard that? We often call that Matthew chapter 6. We often call that the Lord's Prayer. But in all actuality, when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, Jesus communicated not the, his prayer. He communicated how to pray. It wasn't the Lord's Prayer. That was the model for prayer. That wasn't Jesus praying. That was the model whereby we can follow to understand how we should go to God in prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That is not something that we should, I mean, we can use that prayer as much as we would like to. But we can get stuck at any moment of that prayer. Our Father. Father who art in heaven, that could be your whole prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, you are the lover of my soul and I give you glory. Our Father who art in heaven, you have been the one who has sustained me throughout life and I give you glory. Hallowed be thy name. Hallelujah. I need to keep going. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. He was teaching us how to pray. He wasn't praying. He was helping you figure out how to pray. But this place in Matthew chapter 17 This place is the place that Jesus actually does pray. After he shares with his disciples, after he communicates with them all of the things that they need to know, after having gone through the Last Supper, he starts to pray after after communicating with his disciples. And the first thing I feel like the Lord has assigned me to do is to let every one of us know that when Jesus starts to pray in John chapter 17, he starts by praying for himself. He starts by praying for himself. And the first devil I need to attack is this devil of inappropriate theology. Please don't let anybody tell you that praying for yourself is selfish. Please don't let anybody tell you that praying for yourself is selfish. I know that we are, supposed to, we are called to be intercessors. 
I know that we're called to stand in the gap for other people. And we'll get there, saints. We'll get there. I know that we're called to do the work of ministry for the benefit of other people coming into the kingdom and understanding what it's like to reap the benefits of kingdom work. But sometimes you can't pray effectively for others until you've unburdened yourself from the things that are weighing you down. The Lord, before he could pray for anybody else, he had to go to God for himself. You go to God and you try to get your mind ready to pray for your loved ones because they're heavy on your heart or your neighbor because you know they're struggling with sickness, but you can't get past the feeling that you feel about your own current situation and you try to press past it thinking that others have greater needs than you do. But saints, I have come to declare to you that you matter too. God cares about you just as much as God cares about your neighbor. God cares about helping you just as much as God cares about helping the one that he's given you to carry in your heart. I don't know where it came from, but today I've come to talk about this inappropriate theology of self-sacrifice. We are not just called to be servant saints. We are called by God to be God's friend. We are called by God to be God's friend. And as friends, you matter too. And sometimes, some would say, it is not appropriate for you to take yourself to the Lord. But this Albertina Walker said it like this, makes no difference. <laughs> what the problem? I can go <laughs> to God in prayer. Yes, I have this blessed assurance. I can go to God in prayer. He will take my gloom and sorrow and turn it into light. He will comfort, strengthen, and keep me. I can go to God in prayer. Sometimes my burdens, they seem so heavy, but I can go to my God in prayer. I have this blessed assurance that he will take my gloom and sorrow and he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. Chorus says, I can call him. I wish somebody would call him. When I need him, I'm a father up in heaven. I can go to God in prayer. I can go to God in prayer. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're struggling with, but take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Before Jesus prayed for anybody else, Jesus prayed for himself. And then after he prayed for himself or as he was praying for himself, as he was praying for himself, he realized what time it was. Yeah. Matthew chapter, or John chapter 17, verse 1, it says, Jesus spoke, spoke English, speaking those words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Yeah. <laughs> the hour has come. Not only did Jesus know that he was important to the Father, but he also knew what time it was in his life. He had just finished serving all that he was, and serving God and doing all that he was assigned to do. He had just washed the feet of the disciples. He fed them a good meal. He taught them what it means to be his followers, and he even worked and walked with them so they would have an earthly example of what it would look like to be a follower of his. And now, after sharing all of those things with the ones that were called to follow with him, he went back and he said, the hour is now. There are times in my life when I felt very capable and confident 
about my ability to do what God's called me to do. There been times in my life where I knew that God called me to do what I was called to do, and I could do it all by myself. I had learned all the lessons that I needed to learn. I had completed all the degrees that I needed to complete. I had sat at the people's feet that I needed to sit at. But then there have been times in my life where I realized that God was getting me into something that was bigger than me. There were times in my life where God was getting me into something that was bigger than me. He was getting me into something that I only need. I needed God to help me through. There were times in my life where I knew that I was assigned to this thing, but I didn't know how I was supposed to do this thing. And I believe that Jesus was right there. The one who created all things with the Father was right there in a moment where he knew he was called to do the work, but he also knew that he needed the Father right there with him to get it done effectively. And I don't know where you are, as you're, but as you're praying for yourself, I will offer that there are times in your life that you will need to go to God in prayer to get the strength that you need to get done the assignment that God has called you to do. You know it's God, but you know you can't do it by yourself. That's when you have to urgently and fervently pray to the Father to give you the strength that you need to get the work he's called you to do done. It can't be done by yourself. We need the Lord. We need the Lord. We need the Lord. Jesus even realized that he needed the Lord to get this assignment done. And lastly, we, Jesus prayed with an understanding. Jesus prayed with an understanding of his assignment. In verse number four, he says, I have glorified you on earth, and I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And when you pray for yourself, when you pray for you, when you have taken all the things that are required of you to the Lord in prayer, don't forget to rebuke the things that are standing in the way of God being glorified in your life. After you've taken yourself to the Lord, after you've laid down your own strength at the foot of the cross, after you've given yourself back to the Father, make sure you rebuke the distractions that the enemy has come to distract you with. Rebuke the obstacles that have come to take you off of your square. Rebuke the cares of this world. Rebuke the people, the places, and the things that are calling your attention away from giving God all of the glory that God deserves. Rebuke the enemy of your soul that has come to steal and the one that's come to kill and the one that's come to destroy your purpose and the glory of God and allow God to get the glory. Because I don't know about you, but I know when I look back over my life and I think about the ways that God carried me when I couldn't even walk. When I think about the ways that God worked with me when I didn't even know what I was doing. When I think about the ways that God walked with me and he talked with me and I didn't understand even what God was saying. But he kept talking so that I would get it. And he kept telling me what I needed to do so that I would understand. I realize now what I didn't realize then. That somehow God will always get the glory. I wish I had a church. Somehow God will always get the glory. I may be going left, 
when God is telling me to go right. But in my wrongness, somehow, God will always get the glory. I may be trying to press through my failures and my faults, but somehow, as I fail and as I stumble, hallelujah, God will always get the glory. He will look beyond my faults, hallelujah, and he will see my needs. When I walk through the valley of despair, my God will still get the glory, hallelujah. When I'm confused about where, when, and or how, I know that God will still get the glory. When I'm, un when I'm affirm and confident in what I know, because I know God's called me to do it, I know that God's going to get the glory. And even when I have no idea how to take the next step, oh my God, I bless you. Somehow, 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 he will always get the glory. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to fret. I don't have to fear. And I don't have to be concerned because I know that my living will not be in vain. He going to get the glory. He going to get the glory. He going to get the glory out of my life, whether I like it or whether I don't. So what I'm going to decide to do is not make the work of the king hard. <laughs> Since I know he going to get the glory, I might as well stand on my feet. <laughs> I might as well lift up my wish I had a church. I might as well stand on my feet. I might as well lift my hands. I might as well tell the one that's carrying me, thank you. I might as well give him a hallelujah. I might as well give him a glory to God. I might as well remember what he brought me out of and thank him for what he's bringing me into. Because I know that somehow, some way he is going. He gonna get the glory. I hear it. Somehow he'll always. Somehow he'll always. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woo -hoo. Woo. Somehow, somehow, some way he'll always. He'll always get the glory. So I might as well give it to him. <laughs> and for this, Hallelujah. And for this, I give my God praise. Somehow he'll always. <laughs> he'll always get it. He'll always get it. He'll always get it. Some of y'all been struggling trying to figure out where, when, and how God's going to be glorified in your life. Because you've decided to fall. You've decided to fall. You've decided to walk away. You've decided to turn to your own understanding. You've decided to do what you wanted to do. And you've decided to allow God's job to be hard in your life. But the doors of this church are open today. Somehow he'll always, he'll always get the glory. Somehow he'll always, he'll always get the glory. Somehow he'll decided to make the job of the king hard but now it's time and today is the day where God is allowing you space and time to get it right he's allowing you space and time to get it right he's going to get the glory anyway he's going to be glorified anyway 
So why make his job hard? If you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, now is your time. Today is your day. Today is your day. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're doing. You might be on the screen. You might have been listening in through Facebook or um, some other means. But <clears throat> you need to make a decision to allow God to get the glory out of your life. And the way that you do that is accepting him as your personal Savior. All you got to do is communicate. You have no idea what you're doing with the life God created you to give, to live. And that's okay. It's okay. He's going to get the glory anyway. In your confused state, he's going to get the glory. When you understand, he's going to get the glory. When you don't understand, he's going to get the glory. So submit your life to him so that he can get the glory. Submit your life to him so that he can get the glory. If there's anyone in this room that wants to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I just invite you to come down now. I just invite you to meet the deacons right here in the front of the church. If there's anybody on Facebook um, or watching virtually that wants to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, just put an emoji in. Or say it's me. Put an emoji, a thumbs up or a hand up or just say it's me. Whatever you need to do, just allow God to, to, uh, for us to see you and so we can pray for you. If you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior for the first time, if you want to return back to God because you've decided to walk away, now's your time. Just come back now. Come back. Come back home. We're waiting for you. If there is someone that needs to a church membership and you are looking to connect yourself with this place called Church of the Redeemer Baptist. Church of the Redeemer Baptist is a great place to call home. Church of the Redeemer Baptist is a great place to call home. Join now. Thumbs up or say it's me, however you want to communicate with us. And lastly, if there are any candidates for baptism, we're going to, I just spoke with Deacon Nicks this week. We're going to get this pool filled right on up. Amen. It's time for us to follow God and follow Jesus in believer's baptism. We are going to follow the, the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. As he was baptized, we will be baptized as well, becoming kingdom citizens, ambassadors of the Lord in this lost and dying world. If there is anyone, just join us today. Somehow Somehow he'll always Somehow he'll always get the glory. Amen. We've done the work required for us to do, and now it's time for us to receive our benediction. Let's receive Reverend Pi from as she comes. Amen.